A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome to yet another episode of the Bobo and Flex Show. My name is Bobo and I am your host and I'm with the beautiful Flex. How are you feeling today, Flex? I am... You know what? I feel a bit light. Like I feel Mm. like I'm in good spirits. I'm feeling um, optimistic, which is interesting. Like nothing, no resentment comes to mind I don't feel like I should be doing anything else. I'm hydrated. So, you know, that's what sleeping 12 hours does for you. (laughs) I love that. I love that. (laughs) How are you feeling? Um, I I also, I slept a lot. I had a whole allergy attack yesterday. Went to bed at like 6 and then woke up at like 2 p.m. Shout out to Benadryl. So yeah, I'm allergic to everything. Um, Flex is not allergic to anything. Not me. Because bitch. yeah, she's God's favorite. God has <laughs> favorites. Are you also one of those people that has like two day periods? Like is, is your period oh, no. last three days? My period's like five days, heavy flow, period pain. So oh, there's that. Yeah. It's very sad. Uh, I feel, I feel. But yeah, so I'm very well, re- very well rested. I had a base. I basically had a two hour day because I woke up so late. But I think every now and then I can be a bum, and like, that's chill. That's chill. We need to normalize that. Yeah, normalize doing less. Mm-hmm. Some days just wake up at two p.m. in the afternoon, and some days wake up at six. Like it's just the duality of man. It's like you've got to know what your quota is for activity. And some of mm. us do too much in one day. You just Yo. can't do enough in the next day. But yeah. know that before the world tells you. <laughs> <laughs> like this whole weekend are my rest day. Sometimes weekends are the busiest, most stressful days for most people. And then yeah. to be convinced that you should have been resting when in fact you were very busy, not great. Honestly, it just makes it worse. I'm actually trying to do a thing where... So I actually, I don't agree with the... The 40-hour work week. Mm -hmm. I don't agree with the concept of working from Monday to Friday and only resting from Saturday to Sunday. I think we should work from Monday to Wednesday and relax from Thursday to Sunday. Exactly. Yeah, I think there's no other animal on this planet, maybe except for bees, but no, no, even bees. There's no other animal on this planet that works more than they relax, except for humans. And that's only because of capitalism. So I just think it's unnatural to the human spirit to be like, I just think hard work is unnatural. Like, I don't think it's what we're designed to do. I think we should all do less. We should normalize bummery a bit more. We should just be more relaxed, like just let's all just let's all take more naps. Mm. you know I think there's a lot of things that we did during childhood that we need to continue doing <laughs> like sleep is definitely we... the best place to start I know yeah. a lot of people don't get enough sleep and I'm it's talking so to everyone who gets four or five hours and says they're fine can you imagine no are I'm you disgusted. okay you're not okay like 
No, I'm fully disgusted. I I think there's a lot of things that we did as kids that we actually should continue doing. Like there's no reason why we don't take afternoon naps anymore just because we're adults. Um, there's no reason why we don't have like playtime that's just like actual play as opposed to just being on your phone but like mm. genuine like just running around with your friends mm-hmm. for no reason like why don't we still do that shit um we should still be getting burped oh you know up after every meal yeah after every meal wow. get burped mm-hmm. have someone rub your tummy oh bedtime stories we need to bring back bedtime stories you know all these things, let's like reshape the way we exist. Let's abolish adulthood. <laughs> <laughs> or just do what you can before the world ends. Because Truly. I feel as though um, too many of us are trapped by idealism, hoping that everything will rewrite itself to be as perfect as possible. Mm. And then we won't have to do much to change our individual circumstance because systemically everything will change and it will just trickle down into us. No. Yeah, no, 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 no. no. The world is ending. Make your individual changes. Oh, my God. And stick with your guns. Like, my boyfriend always roasts me for sleeping too much. (laughs) Same. Oh, my God. Are we (laughs) dating the same person? (laughs) I said I did not work as something, a 60-hour work week to not sleep when I want to. Let me tell you. Listen. If I wanted a conventional lifestyle... I would be working in an office. Yeah, yeah. In a office. Yeah. I don't want that. <laughs> I want to be able to get what I need to get done in the time I allow myself to get it done. Mm. And if I want to sleep for 10 hours, I will. If I want to get up at midday, I will. <laughs> Absolutely. With I no guilt. I feel bad. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. No guilt at all. Actually, I just realized that it is December 28th, which means this is the last recording we'll be having for 2020. How are you feeling about this new year? Uh, I feel fine. Yeah. Uh, look. Okay, slamming doors. Do you hear that? <laughs> That's my boyfriend. <laughs> we can hear you slamming doors. Excuse me, sir. Oh, he's gone outside. Who's slamming doors in an African household? What's he doing? It's so interesting watching someone be when they don't know. He walks so quickly. <laughs> I swear, being six foot four, you just get places in half the time. <laughs> he was out of my line of sight in 1.3 seconds. But as I was saying, wild. This year went so quickly, and uh, I'm ready for it to get be done because yeah. I'm just over having to hear about this new year rebirth discussion yeah yeah it's the same way i feel about birthdays sometimes where they're meant Mm. to feel a lot more um life-changing than they actually do and we kind of put i guess we put those parameters in place to make things feel more exciting like you know um are you a birthday person no not at all yeah see well the thing is i it was a birthday person by association. I used to get so excited for my birthday until yeah. it was my actual birthday. 
and then be like, mm, I don't really want to do anything. Mm, <laughs> I don't really want presents. Because the fantasy you make up never really matches to what the, the day is going to be like. Yes. In the sense of exactly New Year's especially. It. It's all fantasy of who you're going to be and how you're going to be differently. And the reality is it's just not for you. Mm. There are very few people I know who are able to really make radical lifestyle changes due to, you know, a date in the year. That person is not me. So I'm trying to be as nonchalant as possible and, and keep going. That's why I'm still working through Christmas because I'm like, look, or well not Christmas, whatever this period is after Christmas. Yeah. Because I'm like, life still goes on. I need to keep it doing really what does, I'm doing. Eh? What am I waiting for? <laughs> January 2nd. <laughs> no, bitch. I've got things on. Yeah, no, it really does. I do think a lot of people are too heavily reliant on like the calendar and like external markers of change as opposed to internal markers of change. Like, I mm-hmm. think a lot of people are like, oh my God, on December 21st, these planets will be aligned, which means my love life is going to be this way and my relationships are going to change this way. I don't know that I subscribe to that anymore. Like, Mm-mm. I think at this point, I, I I just believe in absolute randomness and like change is either random or up to you, but nothing else outside of that really yeah i mean i guess it was there was definitely a time where i was excited by these like new markers of change because i think when you're younger each year you age or each new year actually marks a whole new stage in your life oh like when you're in high school every year does matter every year opens you up to a different experience whether that's a you a new uniform or studying a new subject or being able to drink when you couldn't drink, whatever it might be, you actually were living a different life every year. But I think after high school, it's all just the same, same. Like once you become an adult, 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 that word confuses me, but the milestones are completely made up from there. <laughs> like you do whatever no, you literally. want with your own time. <laughs> but before then, the milestones better. Like, you know, when you, you see a toddler who's like two and a half and they can't speak properly yet, that's concerning, you know, that's concerning. But right. if you see a 22-year-old who doesn't really know what they want to do with their lives, whatever. Some 40-year-olds don't know what they want to do with their lives. It's okay. We've all been there. Honestly, yeah. It's so normal. That's actually very true. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't realize this until you just said it, but I think that is why birthdays get less exciting once Mm -hmm. you get older, because it actually just is another year that's probably going to be exactly the same as the last one. (laughs) In the best and worst way possible. Yeah. Because who wants a new surprise every year? Because, you know, we got a surprise in 2020. We got plenty. We got bushfires. <laughs> we've got a pandemic. And suddenly you don't want surprises anymore. <laughs> so I don't mind the monotony of life. I Look, I'm a Taurus Venus. So I like stability in a lot of areas of my life. Mm. Like I like the idea of spontaneity when it's conducted by me for me. Yeah. Like I'll just get a tattoo and not think about it. Fun. But when my life around me the things i can't control are spontaneous no yeah that's very stressful (laughs) it's a no i think i'm actually also a taurus venus and i relate (gasps) to that wow this is why look let me not say anymore but it makes sense it all makes sense wow we should date 
That's the only logical <laughs> thing That'll to do. That'll be the final episode of the podcast when we date <laughs> and we don't document it. <laughs> I know. We're just like, okay, guys, we're going to go get married and mm-hmm. um, go live on Mars. And that's mm-hmm. that. Um, oh, sweet. Yeah. But today's episode is actually an Am I the Asshole episode. So we have some Am I the Assholes up our sleeves that we're going to discuss. And I want to start with this first one. This first one is by far the most divisive Reddit post I've ever posted on my story. (laughs) There was such a... I've never posted something that had like such absolute polar opposite extreme answers and reactions on both sides. So... I'm curious to discuss this. So the the post is, am I the asshole for celebrating my anniversary despite what happened at my wedding? So my husband and I had our wedding last year. The venue was beautiful and bordered a lake. Unfortunately, during the reception, one of the young children at my wedding snuck away from their parents and decided to go for a swim, despite not being <gasps> able to. Yeah, this was tragic and devastating and obviously cut the day short. So she didn't mention it explicitly, but this whoever wrote this post is saying that at her wedding, one of the children snuck away, jumped into the lake and died. Fuck. Yeah. So... She then goes on to say, we haven't really spoken to the parents since then, as we weren't Mm. close to them, aside from seeing them on holidays, which haven't happened this year. But they're at your wedding? That's, yeah. This was also, (laughs) (laughs) this is strange to me too. Okay. (laughs) How you just have some people at your wedding that you're not close to? Anyway. um, We are still Facebook friends though. When our first anniversary came, I made a post celebrating our anniversary with a few wedding photos. I didn't think anything of it until the comments came flooding in. I woke up to 30 comments and 15 missed calls. The top comment was from the mother of the child, who was absolutely outraged about it. She wrote a very long comment about how my post was disrespectful of the tragedy that had happened that day and how dare I post that and not mention her child. And of course, how dare I post without talking to her first. 30 comments later, and it was clear that the entire family had clearly started to take sides in a battle I didn't realize I created. Hmm. As of today, we're at 150 comments. My friends and my parents are involved too. So half of his family is screaming at me to take the post down, apologize to the parents and show more respect, possibly by even celebrating our anniversary on a different day. Some of the family think that we should still be able to celebrate our anniversary on the actual day, but just keep it offline to keep peace. I don't think I did anything wrong with my post and I feel like we should be allowed to celebrate our anniversary just like anyone else. I'm not celebrating the tragedy of the child dying. I'm celebrating my wedding. Am Mm -hmm. I the asshole for posting my wedding when a child died at my wedding? I always find listening to Am I the Asshole so funny because they're always written in such a reasonable way. 
in a way yeah. that makes it so hard for us to believe like why would this be an issue look how well articulated this is yeah surely yes. this person is of sound mind <laughs> of course they're not in the wrong <laughs> yeah that is that's actually a really good point <laughs> like this perfect vocab so concise so concise summarized into a clean one minute bruh bruh no literally (laughs) so i posted this on my story Mm -hmm. and so 69 percent of people said no she's not the asshole and 31 percent of people said yes she is the asshole Mm -hmm. and then my comment section exploded with people on either side I mean, my DMs exploded with people on either side being like, of course she's the asshole. Why would anyone post a picture of the? Why would anyone celebrate their wedding publicly when someone died? And everyone else being like, bitch, people die every day. Must she stop her whole life because someone died? So what are your... um? Actually, before I, I ask what your immediate thoughts are, if you mm-hmm. were in a position where you had a wedding... And I think this is also part of what makes this situation complicated to discern from a moral standpoint is that wedding, weddings hold different weight for different people. Yeah. So one, some of the ways that people were justifying her actions in my DMs was like, this is the most important day of her life. She'll never have a day that is more important or better. And for that reason, she deserves to celebrate it regardless of what happened. While other people were like, this is just a small, small wedding. It's really not that deep. She could have just, if she really needs to celebrate, she could have just done that. Mm. So if you had gotten married and someone, not just someone, but a child died at your wedding, Mm. do you still think that it is morally upstanding to celebrate that day it's tricky because i can't really imagine myself in this circumstance because number one i couldn't imagine having a wedding with people i don't really like at it yeah and number two if i were to have a wedding that guest list would be so small yeah (laughs) so small i want to have a huge engagement party anyone can come to that but um if i use these people um, or these actual people as reference for how I'm going to answer the question. Mm. I think the way this poster has prefaced the relationship or lack thereof dictates why they behaved in the way that they did. Like sis, clearly it isn't your friend. She doesn't as, as sad as it is to her that this person died. She's very unfazed. She started by saying, "Mm, we don't really talk. Mm, we're friends on Facebook. If you've not even spoken since the incident, that means there's been no aftercare. There's been no remorse, even though it's not technically their fault that right, that happened right. to the kid. But it seems very clear what the standard of behavior is here. You're not friends and you don't know each other. Yeah, I would assume that given the circumstance, she'd rise above. But I, I think it's it's pretty... I mean, it's weird to say that a death is awkward, but it is extremely awkward in this it circumstance is. because yeah. asking this married person to now take responsibility for what can only be described as a complete accident mm. is really unfair. And it's putting a lot of pressure on somebody to assume all this responsibility for something they could not control. 
Like the parent couldn't control it. Why would the person getting married be able to control it? That's not reasonable. But that being said, I think it's really unfair to rationalize a death and to say that, oh, because of the circumstance, this should or couldn't have happened. I just feel like (laughs) sis married sis already showed her lack of care when she didn't reach out like in the whole year that's after the death of your baby. Yes, so I don't understand yeah. why you think that on her actual anniversary, she she's now care. going to, yeah. you know, make reference to your dead kid. And also I can't imagine a tasteful way to celebrate an anniversary and reference a dead kid. Yeah. That's like, Oh, you know, we no did way. have a bit yeah. of an accident, a bit of a death <laughs> yeah. on our day, but <laughs> like, what is she, what are they going to say? There's no way. There's no, it's interesting that you say, and I agree with you on this, but I was surprised at how, how many people didn't agree with this point. Um, it's interesting that you say that like, this was essentially something that happened out of their control. Mm-hmm. It's not the bride's fault that the baby died. It's not the parents' fault. Like, it's it's an accident. Like, shit really yeah. just happens. But someone responded to my story and said, well, the parents could also be blamed for not keeping an eye on their kid if they want to take it there. The parents Ooh. ruined her wedding. Ooh. I know. She really oh said the parents gosh. ruined her wedding. You ruined my wedding with your dead child. Like, And wow. so then I asked, are the parents are the parents of this now deceased child, are they accountable, if at all, for the death of their child on this wedding day? 70% of people said yes, they are responsible. Mm-hmm. 30% of people said no. I think that's also really interesting. I'm sh- I think most of the people who follow me don't have kids. Yeah, and it shows. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because the way that like being a parent is quite literally the hardest thing to do mm-hmm. ever and you are constantly on the it's a life or death job like it literally yeah, is truly life or death if it's not the muesli bar that's gonna kill them it's sleeping yeah. that's gonna kill them it's being kissed by a relative that's gonna kill them like Bruh, there's so many keeping ways a kid alive is remarkable it is incredibly hard there's so many ways that a kid could die just out of your control So I think that is part of why people feel like that's something that informs how people feel about this situation. Um, Similarly to you, I don't think the parents are to blame for the parents of the deceased child. I think it is genuinely an accident. (laughs) I think it's a bit harsh to be like, the death of your child ruined my wedding. Like you, that's on you. Mm. yeah I think um yeah but then someone else responded let me go back to that response so someone else responded saying well accountability does not equal blame it's not the parents fault that this tragic accident happened but as a responsibility (laughs) yeah but as a parent to a young child at a large event near a body of water You have to keep your wits about you and pay close attention to your young child. If the parents are so triggered by any reminder of the day, which is 100% understandable, 
then it's on them to just click unfriend and no longer have any posts remind you of that day. So the follow-up question here is, well, is it is the onus on the bride to be sensitive to the parent's grief or is the onus on the parents to be understanding of the bride's joy? So 33% of mm. people said it is the onus is on the bride to be sensitive to the parent's grief. And 67% of people said, well, no, the onus is on the parents to be understanding of the bride's joy. Mm. Where do you stand with that? Like, is it on you, the person who was triggered, to unfollow, unclick from that person, from that person on Facebook, from the bride on Facebook? Or is it really up to the bride to be like, yo, like, I'm just not going to celebrate this day because it's triggering for <clears throat> you? Well, the thing is, the bride messed up from, from like, I'm just surprised that it's this one-year anniversary post that's really frustrating people. Mm. And maybe it's because it's now a public proclamation of what hasn't been said over the last year. Yeah. It's almost affirming that Brad doesn't care. Like maybe you were expecting a text to come through in the, in the first three months. It didn't. Maybe you're expecting a call, a gift or whatever. It didn't come. And now on the one year anniversary, you know, for a fact, sis doesn't care right. about your dead baby, which is unfortunate. I think in this instance, um, I mean, if we were living Ideally, it would be the bride who'd be sensitive by unfriending that woman, blocking her. I mean, like, I'm saying it based on the way she's behaved so far. So given the fact that she hasn't contacted her at all and she hasn't made an effort to reach out, it would make more sense for the bride to be like, you know what, let me just quickly, you know, hide her from my post. She shouldn't see this shit. Like, it's yeah. not really worth it. I don't want to be the devil on this woman's day of grief. But I also think that realistically, I'm a very spiteful person when I feel like I've been wronged. <laughs> yeah. And I feel as though if I was the woman who had lost their child, mm. if that person hadn't reached out to me, oh, it's, you're dead to me. It's an unfollow. Yeah. It's an unfriend. Literally. It's a block. It's a no, I don't need any reference of this person in my life. So like ever, on yeah. both parties, I think up until the year point, there could have been heaps of things done to ensure this didn't happen but it's clear on both parties like there's not enough care and I think this reminds you of that question that you're often asking Bobo is like what do humans owe each other if anything mm. and I think if we're looking at this scenario from a very idealistic point of view we would say they both owe each other um courtesy and they both owe each other respect and they both owe each other um open-mindedness but in reality they're both they're both behaving selfishly in the sense that mm. um, like asking somebody to put aside what they're feeling in favor of you is both selfish and understandable. Yeah. So in this yeah, instance, like, yeah. <laughs> this woman has lost a whole child, sis, yeah. like a whole child. And we can understand that you had to, you know, cut your wedding short and, you know, it's frustrating because weddings take forever to plan and to do, and it's your big day. But you didn't lose a life. Like, you didn't lose your husband. That's you just thing. lost an occasion. And you can have another wedding. And I'm sure you could go fund me. There could have been plenty of things to do after that circumstance to, to 
to recreate what you feel like you lost. Right. In this instance of this family with the child, like that's they a can't. whole dead kid. That's a, like that kid's no not coming back. Yeah. And like it takes, there's very little you can do to help ease that pain, but there is like, there is courtesy. And I think someone who is in that situation would appreciate very little, um, and not nothing, you know, yeah. like you can't bring a child back, but you can express concern and sympathy and empathy. And this is like, but my wedding, that's the um, thing, <laughs> but that's just wedding culture. Like, let's not pretend that anything about weddings is completely sensical and fine. Like the whole industry <laughs> yeah. is very confusing and people who put all that pressure on a day, very interesting as well. So, I mean, given the circumstance and given that I am, completely cognizant of the world we live in today i don't feel like the bride should be penalized for wanting to celebrate a day that she had a milestone that was important to her yeah i don't think that it's asking for too much for her to express some sympathy or empathy for the couple and that could have been an offline occurrence you know like a call a gift a drop in or something, but let's not pretend that every day or every year for the next, however long she's married for that. She's not going to give a shout out to this kid. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's if not. I saw it, I'd be like, this is in poor taste. This looks funny to me. Yeah. I don't like it. And I don't know, maybe I, I do have a, an issue with how people express their care and emotion. So maybe that's my own trauma coming through. But oh, what do you I don't want to see that? shout outs for dead babies on socials. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to see that. And it's performative. Like I, I, yeah. You know, like, there, I think there's a medium, like, given the nature of what's happened. There's so much aftercare that woman could have done that she didn't do. So right. why are we expecting her to care on her anniversary? Like, she's not the one. I think that she's not the one. Another question I had about this is that. I understand the expectation for the bride to like reach out to the mother or like to mention the child in this wedding post uh, or to reach out to the mother before posting the picture or to mention the child in the wedding post. But then I think that would have clearly been performative because Mm -hmm. she's shown by her actions that she doesn't care. And I think that's what makes this dilemma really tough for me is that like, I, I basically think there's no winning with this woman. Like, yeah, because from the get go, she fucked up. I think if she had, so people are roasting her because they're like, well, at the very least, you could have just reached out to the bride, to the parents beforehand and just been like, hey, are you okay with me posting this? Realistically, the bride would have been like, why the fuck are you celebrating the day my daughter died? Like, realistically the bride is still grieving it's only been i mean not the bride realistically the parents are still grieving it's only been one year it's a whole child if someone reaches out to you a year after you lost your baby and is like hey i know your child died but like i'm trying to celebrate my wedding like are you Mm -hmm. like she was gonna be mad she was gonna be mad so whether or not she whatever she did prior to posting the picture or whether she shouted out the dead baby in her wedding po- like there was just no winning for her because she mm-hmm. fucked up from the beginning i think another thing that makes this hard is that like 
I think for me, weddings are just weddings. Like they're just, it's just kind of like another day. It's kind of like a birthday. Like it's just the day that you got that you got married to someone. You're probably going to get divorced. Romantic love is a scam. Like it's not that deep. So I also don't really understand like, why is it so deep to set like, does it? So I had this debate with my boyfriend <clears throat> and he was saying, no, I completely understand why the bride went and posted those pictures because like for women in America, the whole point of having a wedding is for pictures. Like that's what mm. weddings are for. They're just, it's just a six hour photo op. Like that's essentially what it is. And to deny someone of the opportunity to post their photo ops negates the point of having that <laughs> wedding in the first place. And initially I was annoyed that he said that because I was like, why do you think so low of women? Like, why do you think we're that dumb? And he was like, no, like that's genuinely what wedding culture is. And yeah. I guess like ultimately he was right. Like for a lot of people, weddings are just one photo op and as much as it might be hard to understand why she needs to celebrate her anniversary on Facebook instead of just doing it offline. When you think about the fact that a wedding is a photo op and the only point was to eventually post those pictures on Facebook, then I guess it is deep for her. Like, I guess, yeah, I guess um, that was justifiable for her. Yeah. Because I think this the issue we're running into is that in order for us to figure out what was the best way to approach this, we're trying to measure the um, almost like the potency of each party's struggle. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, oh, d- human life over activity, therefore more important, but once in a lifetime opportunity that they've been spending money for, this is more important. And the reality is by comparing the two against each other, we're never going to come up with a, with a, a solution that's realistic to the circumstance. You know what I mean? Right. So like in an ideal mind, losing a kid is huge. Like it's the worst thing that could happen to anyone. Yeah. But for the majority of us listening to this episode and reading this, we don't have kids. Mm. So we're having to use this like far away, um, not far away, but this, you know, imaginary sense of empathy to say that this is what we would have done. Right. On the other hand, a lot of us who are listening to this episode and reading this Am I the Asshole don't think that fondly of weddings either. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> we're kind of like, oh, like, I don't know, like, it's just a wedding. But in reality, we know there are tons of people who have, you know, ruined family relationships and gone into to debt and all these terrible things just to experience a wedding. said wedding. Yeah. You know, so for them, that is the height of the most important thing for them. And and yes, we could distill it to a photo op. But in this instance, like um, I was speaking to, I don't know who I was speaking to about it, but I was reflecting on the fact that, you know, weddings for a lot of people are the first time they get to experience a life or an event that they actually literally dream of. Like their whole, oh, yeah. they don't live out a dream-esque lifestyle up until that point of their life. Right. They won't have the nice wine. They won't wear the nice dress. None of that shit. So like it really is the pinnacle of their existence yeah. to experience life in this way. Not just the matrimonial sense, but finally getting to experience the upper echelon of all these things. It's the culmination of like what life should be. So I can 
I can't personally imagine, but I can conceptualize why someone's like, why would I not celebrate my wedding? Like, yeah, yeah. literally all I have going for me. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, But yeah, it's. um, mm. Yeah, something else when I was talking to my boyfriend about this, um, he was saying that, like, one of the reasons weddings are so deep for so many women is because life sucks for women. Like, Mm. men just make women's lives a living hell and the wedding day is the only day for most women that they're ever able to get treated the way that they should be treated with just like admiration and love like just being showered in admiration and love and support Mm. like a lot of women just don't get that throughout their day-to-day lives because just being a woman just sucks so the gravitas of a wedding comes down to just like having a day where you're actually you just like are made to feel special and you know that you just won't ever have that day ever again and that's like what it is but it Mm -hmm. is i think what i found interesting about this dilemma is the fact that people were able to prioritize a day of celebrating heteronormative monogamous romance over celebrating a whole life. I mean, over grief, over the grief of a whole life being lost. Mm. I can understand how that sounds completely insane, Mm. but I don't think that on a day-to-day or in a day-to-day, the English language is so dumb. I just <laughs> I don't think that generally people are thinking of other human lives as important as their own. Ooh. It's the reason why we can do most of what we do. Like, I don't know. Um, like, I don't think that people go out of their way to really humanize those that exist around them. You know, I think the average person does have a bit of a main character energy where you assume that your needs and your feelings and how you feel them and need them have uh, take precedence over those around you. Of course they do because you have access to those and you don't have access to the world around you. And so while it would be the courageous thing to do or the human thing to do to regard somebody else's pain as equal to your own, we don't necessarily do that on a day to day enough to warrant or enough to justify why this woman wouldn't act in the way she's behaving. Right. Like human nature shows me that how this bride is acting is very much normal in the sense that as the stats have shown, they're skewed in her favor because while we can all agree that a human life is completely valuable, we can also reconcile that people die every day. And we can reconcile that a lot of us might have lifestyles that impact people's quality of lives and we don't care. So we're out here smoking, driving cars, riding in planes, you know, buying fast fashion, all of these things. And we feel detached to the life that has to suffer in order for us to have these things. So I think in this instance, it's a very personal, um, iteration of a greater issue. Like this woman is aware that, someone has suffered on her day of joy but it's her day of joy so wow you know people die every day it just so happens that someone died at my wedding but in reality 
people stay dying. And I know it sounds really harsh, but I feel like too often when we're looking at these hypothetical, not hypothetical, this is not a hypothetical. When we're looking at these very real scenarios, we tend to use a really idealized point of view and say, well, what should have happened? Or what should we do in this situation? When in reality, a lot of us, um, like, I think a lot of us, don't know how he would react. So it's pretty futile to say we would or wouldn't do something differently. But I think, you know, use the society we live in as a benchmark for how you view these, um, these scenarios, because I'm not that surprised that this has happened the way it has. And like, honestly, again, like I said, I don't think there's a tasteful way to say, Hey, sorry about your dead baby, but like, what a lovely day. (laughs) And even, and even if you bring the tone down and you're like, you know, it was a really hard day. It started off really strong, but then the, the baby died and then yeah. we had to like rush home and like yeah. all that time. Like the, I just feel like there's no real, um, not that there's not a good way to do it because we don't need binaries in this circumstance, but I don't think that for the grieving person, any public display or public, you know, calling out to the situation is going to be helpful, especially considering sis hadn't reached that in a whole year. <laughs> Could you imagine a whole year? A whole year. I think um, another question that is brought up in this dilemma is that, so she mentions in the dilemma, she's like some of her family members told her to celebrate on another day. Is it reasonable to ask that of someone to, I guess I'm really interested in the question of like, what do we owe each other? And I Mm. wonder, like, is it reasonable to ask someone to inconvenience themselves for your feelings? So, like, personally, if I was the bride and someone died at my wedding, but this also I understand has to do with the fact that I just don't think weddings are that deep. If Mm. someone died at my wedding, like, that that day is no longer my wedding day. Like, it's done. Mm. Like, it's... It's just not a special day anymore. It can't be. It's been overridden. It's over. It's finished. If I need to get married again, it'll be on another day. But like this day is is cancelled, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I'll have a second wedding or whatever the case is and celebrate it then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I wonder if it is reasonable for the parents to ask the bride to celebrate their anniversary on another day that is more sensitive to their feelings. Like, is that a reasonable ask or is it a selfish ask? Um, I think it's both. Mm. I think it's reasonable and selfish. Um, yeah. I mean, I can, like, it, it totally makes sense. You know, it's like, um, you know, I don't like, not that any situation that I have experienced is comparable to this, but you know, like anytime you ask somebody to prioritize what you need over what they need. Yeah. It's it's a tricky conversation because (laughs) you're kind of like, I get it. Like, I totally get that you have autonomy and there's a way and you've existed long before I've existed, but please don't chew like that in front of me <laughs> or, like, <laughs> or please use a coaster. And even then, like there's a push and pull between like, well, why, why should I have to just because you want me to, yeah. you know? Yeah. So like <laughs> when, so I can see in that instance, like, yeah, it's totally selfish for me to ask you to do something differently purely because I want you to. 
but also it's reasonable because I have to be around you. <laughs> yeah, and in I'm this like instance, grieving. Yeah, it's selfish for someone to ask. Like, I don't, I think people, if you are new here, you don't know. I think people, if we were living in binaries, are inherently bad and they just happen to do good things. Bad yeah. is not like evil. I just think that our base nature is closer to the definition of bad than good. Yeah. I digress. I can totally understand that it's reasonable and selfish to, to ask somebody to um, consider you on a day that will probably traumatize, traumatize them for the rest of their lives. Mm. I also think the issue there is that they haven't, <laughs> there's no really like grieving plan. Like people don't stop grieving. That's the thing. So it's not yeah. like don't celebrate this first one. You've got years two to 10 and then onwards. It's like, don't celebrate it ever. And I think like, if that's what the request is, then it requires a different approach. Mm. However, like, as you said before, what you suggested is completely reasonable. You barely had a wedding, wedding anyway, sis. Do another one. On, like, do another <laughs> do one. Do another one. Like, and then Change. celebrate on another day. An anniversary is so arbitrary. It's a made up day. Honestly. You know how when you're in a relationship and you celebrate anniversaries, you're like, is it the day we had our first date? Is it the day we, we first kiss? Is it, is it, is it like, it's, yeah. uh, you pick one. Just pick, pick one and that go. sounds good. Literally. You know, so in this instance, like, did you really need to pick the day that you got married? Like, did you even sign the papers then? Because by your, <laughs> by your recount, the day got cut short. So what did or didn't happen? I don't know. I just think it's, it's in my, if we wrap up how I feel about it, I think it's naive for the bride to, to think it's naive for the bride not to understand where this animosity is coming from. Right. Yeah, because I'm agreed. sure that the people who've chosen to side with the grieving woman have way more context than the bride has given the, the party. So for instance, if I'm the grieving woman, I would have definitely reached out and said, she hasn't even reached out to me. She's not even said anything since the day my baby died. Yeah. She like she just seems like a, a psychopath. Yeah. So like I, if I'm grieving, I would have externalized what hasn't happened. And I'm sure the people commenting have enough context to know that you haven't done your due diligence right. before you've gone to celebrate this big day. So it's naive for the, the, bride to be like i don't understand why everybody's siding like i'm i'm part i'm in a battle i didn't even know i started yeah, like yeah. don't be a, why dummy. You being a dumb bitch yeah use your brain you know exactly why this is happening mm. however i think that given the nature of how the brides behaved we can't expect anything better from her and i think we're all doing ourselves a disservice to expect goodness from somebody who's shown that they don't have the capacity for that like wow. sis didn't reach out once. Yeah. Why would she do it on the anniversary? Yeah. She like she she doesn't have the range. Yeah, clearly. Um, yeah, and I think in this instance, not that I want to tell a grieving person how to grieve, but um, you need to cut ties with the bride. Yeah. She doesn't care. Um, and I think <laughs> that the thing, yeah. in the time she spent to draft this really well reasoned Reddit post, she could have done. 10 minutes of self-reflection and gone, is there a better way or a different way for me to view this situation? Is it completely possible that I've confused it and I should have done something differently? But no, she wanted to be validated. That's the thing. Are you telling me in the 10 minutes took you to write that post, you couldn't, you couldn't think about why somebody would be mad about you celebrating on the anniversary of the death of their Bruh. child? No. Bruh. Come on, sis. Don't be a dummy. It is. I think what's also complicated is that even if the bride celebrates on another day, 
I think that wedding day would still be triggering because the child's death is now attached to the union of that couple that's in matrimony, you know, like it's, it's also a tough one in that sense, which is why I do think the parent has to cut her ties with this woman who clearly doesn't care and only cares about her wedding. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's, yeah. Let this be a reminder. Mm. I think... In the nicest way possible, I think very little of humans <laughs> in the sense that I'm always unsurprised and disappointed when a human does something human. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it's very disappointing that this is how the bride would choose to behave, but also it's what I expect yeah. from people yeah. to center themselves. And generally, I think the practice of centering yourself usually generally doesn't impact other people this greatly you know but in this instance it has so i mean it's a shame but also um it's very expected like it go boba asks the question all the time like what do humans owe each other we we get into this tug of war this push and pull of what we think should happen versus what we're willing to do on a day-to-day to to make sure (laughs) that happens you know there's a dissonance there's a dissonance. That's the thing. Uh, and so I think we, um, yeah, we definitely do ourselves a disservice trying to, you know, definitely over-intellectualize these, these instances or to, 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 to almost convince ourselves that we're expected to act differently than the way we have currently. Right, right. Like if humans let you down every day, like why do we expect same? Yeah, (laughs) no, I think there's definitely also like an asymmetry in what we consider to be selfish versus what we consider to be selfless. Um, like even the question of is it selfish for the parents to ask the bride to not celebrate their anniversary? just in order to be sensitive to their grief. Yes, it is selfish, but it is a necessary selfishness. It's also, it's a necessary selfishness. Like, I don't think selfishness is inherently bad. Mm. I don't think being selfish is inherently bad. I think a lot of times selfishness and selflessness are just two sides of one coin. It's just... Yeah, it's really, it's so fast. Yeah, this is just a really fascinating dilemma that really brings into question, like, what does it mean to, like, be a good human? Like, what does it mean to be selfless? 100%. I think in this instance, what would be best is for everyone to individually reflect on what you, not what you think should have been done, but what you actually expect from people. Mm. Because when reading this, this all sounds pretty above board. This sounds like how people are. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would be nice if people weren't this way, but I don't know. To flip the question, instead of mm-hmm. what do we owe each other, what do you expect from people? And what should Very we little. expect from people? <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, like, I think it's, how do I explain it? From people I don't know, I don't want to expect anything because it's just frustrating. And from people I do know, I expect like what they've shown me they have the capacity to give. Yeah, yeah. So I do do this very toxic thing of holding people to standards that they've made for themselves just through actions without them like expressing that that's a standard. So for example, if you're the type of person who – um uh what's an example like if you're the type of person like let's say i'm always talking to boba and i know boba to be really honest and truth telling to express exactly how she feels to me when she feels it to bring up an issue if there's an issue and then i find out in three months you've just been holding on to something that's been frustrating you Mm -hmm. that's gonna piss me off because in my head you've set a standard and so when i confront you it's going to be game over because I'm going to use that standard as um, a, as a good reason to justify my anger. Right. When in your head, you're like, well, I didn't set that standard. So I'm oh, allowed to change. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm allowed to feel differently. And I'm like, no, no, no. This is, we set a standard. Right. <laughs> there was a routine. Yeah. So that's, that's where I struggle. But I don't know. Like, I think that, I mean, basically, because when I reflect on the question, I think about all the people that I encounter virtually on a day to day, um, who I expect would behave differently by virtue of like us both being people and knowing like, there's like, there's a way to, uh, to conduct yourselves with another person. And people don't like interacting with strangers on the internet, teach me that people don't know how, what the appropriate way is to engage with other people. So I keep my standards super low because when they were higher, I would just hurt my own feelings. Right, right. (laughs) You know, so like I expect that people are going to like lack boundaries. I expect that people are going to find me responsible for how they feel about things, i.e. make me responsible for their triggers and how Mm. my my life might impact them negatively. Yeah, oh my God, I'm triggered. I expect people not to humanize me and to treat me like almost like a 2D character who lives in their phone. Uh, I expect people to be rude. Like, because these are just, this is just my experience. But because it's an expectation, I feel less moved by it when it happens. Yeah, yeah. It's like I create systems for myself so it hurts my feelings less rather than trying to set boundaries for the people I interact with. Because I used to try and do that. I used to try and say, like, publicly on my story, don't talk to me like that. Don't ask me for advice. I don't know you. Don't do this. Don't do that. When in reality, like, it's – who cares? Just ignore the message, sis. (laughs) Like, leave these people alone. They don't need more rules. Oh, interesting. I think, um, and this is like clown shit on my side. I think I expect people to treat me the way I treat them. And as basic as that sounds, even that is a really high expectation a lot of times. Like, Mm. because that's just not how reality works. Mostly because 
you could treat someone with like the utmost compassion and kindness, but because they don't have the shelving space to receive compassion and kindness, they don't reciprocate. They don't give it back. Like not everyone has the shelving space to receive your love, which means they also don't have the capacity to give you love mm -hmm. or whatever emotion it is that you're giving them. So I'm always grappling with the question of like, what should I expect from humans? And how should I be treating humans? And I think this is like a lifelong moral question that no one will ever have an answer to. But it is really interesting. And something that I've been thinking about a lot recently is like loyalty. Should we expect loyalty from anyone? Like even if you get married to your husband and <laughs> you get married and your husband says in his vows that I am committed to you until you die, should you expect that even though they said it to you? Or is that still clown shit? <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah, what are your thoughts on like loyalty currently? I mean, it's all about the standards you set, right? Mm. Because, look, I don't know for you, but I don't go into my close relationships raw. Like, I don't just assume that the best is going to happen by virtue of me liking or loving this person. Mm. With strangers, I'm like, look, do whatever you want, just leave me alone. With my close people, I'm a hawk for expectations. Yeah. You spoke to me this way, keep it up. Don't speak to me this way. Don't do this. Right. Yes, that's great. Is this a standard we're keeping? Like everything needs to be up for discussion and understood clearly. And if it's not understood by both parties, then I can, I leave room for kind of like understandable friction because it's not been discussed before. It's not been talked about. Right. It's so oh, interesting. Hold on. I need to let my boyfriend in. Okay. His name is Keys. Aww. Excuse me, sir. Yum! I love to hear it. He just got ingredients to make me spaghetti. Oh my god. Please marry him. No, like speaking Look. of marriage, marry mm. him immediately. Look, someone needs to rewrite the rules of marriage because it's not for me. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> we just need to like, there needs to be some sort of, I don't know, the, the like on the topic of marriage, the vows don't seem realistic. Oh. I can't be doing, they just, I, they don't seem realistic. No, then like, no, fully. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of high school. Like, I don't know if you did this, but oh my when your friends would be like, if I did something illegal, would you go to jail for me? No. <laughs> I tell guys if on the, the first came. date, I am not doing ride or die for you, bitch. I'm not a ride or die. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, really not. not. Like, I will leave you. I will leave. What do you mean? So wedding vows for me like, seem like ride or die philosophy 101. No, and I that hate just, it. Like, what do you mean sickness? Like... A flu, yes. Cancer, yes. But like suddenly you're overcome with addiction. I don't know if that's what I signed up for. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> People are going to think we're psychopaths. 
<laughs> marriage is not a joke. No, it's literally <laughs> and not. I'm not agreeing to do things just to let myself and this person down. You know? No, and literally. I feel like like I'm not in like the nicest way possible. I'm just not a romantic. And my oh, boyfriend often really? calls me out in the way that I speak about relationships are very much utilitarian. <laughs> Wait, please explain. <laughs> like we have to work at this. Like, and he's like, no, it's like, it's just sweet. And we love each other. I'm like, yeah, I know. Yeah. But like, we have no. to study each other. We have to learn. We have to resolve. We have to, over- you know, no. and he's like, um, I just want to love you. <laughs> I'm like, let's do relationship homework. You know, let's really understand. He's like, um, okay. Can I have a hug? No, this is how I know our <laughs> Venus is both in Taurus because this mm-hmm. is me. <laughs> <laughs> I treat ro- okay so I actually think that's very romantic I think that because I'm such a romantic person I treat romance like a science as opposed to an art mm-hmm. like I'm just like no I think it was a few months ago I was like oh my god I have an idea we should both write like what our ideal structure of romance is like because I think romantic love is a neurochemical scam and is inherently unsustainable and volatile. I'm going to write like what my ideal structure is and then you write Mm -hmm. yours and then we like combine and see where the good fit is. Like, let's like structure this. It's like building a house. Like, I feel like for romantic relationships to work, you really have to be a little bit architectural because the template we've been given, like you said, is very high school. Like I'm, I just, I just fundamentally don't really believe in sacrifice. I believe in a little bit of sacrifice. I think like five to 10% of your relationship should be sacrifice. But more than that, I don't think it's necessary. I just don't see why we have to be sacrificing for men, especially. I think it's blind sacrifice that I'm not really understanding Mm. because I think that let's say you and your partner have set a standard or for example, you both have really conflicting views, um, on, uh, living together. Yeah. You don't want to live together. They want to live together. You both realize that one of you could easily compromise or sacrifice. Um, but one of you doesn't. Yeah. And so from here, whatever conflict that comes up or however you choose to compromise, you can do that knowing that it's for the betterment of the relationship because it's been discussed and you know, it's difficult for both parties, blah, right. blah, 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 blah. Right. But like not this raw, let me just sacrifice because. Cause I love Why? you. Why? That's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I think a lot of people think that a measure of love is how much someone is willing to suffer for you. Mm-mm. And I just hate that. So like, no, why am I suffering for you as opposed to like just bringing more pleasure into both of our lives? Like why must suffering be integrated into this relationship when life is already suffering? Like I'm already suffering. Now you want me to suffer for you? Nah. Mm-mm. No. Couldn't be me. Could not be me. Couldn't be me. Yeah. I don't know. I just think that um, like – when I think about conventional romance or relationships, people want us to believe so badly that they are formulaic um, and they have been designed for success. 
Not with the rates you are getting divorced. <laughs> no. Mm-mm-mm. It's Not just at all. something like you can, we can say that like the system is meant to work, but it's been broken for a little while now. Like it's clearly <laughs> not working. So with that in mind, like how can we make adjustments? Because if statistically I only have a 50% chance of staying in a marriage, then, you know, why, why can't I, you know, shake it up a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> the odds are already so low. Yeah. No, fully. Like, <laughs> why don't we just switch it up? <laughs> Add a little flavor. No, honestly, I think for me, like, because I've realized that I'm incompatible with romantic love while still being a romantic person, I'm currently in the process of just restructuring my relationship to romance entirely and like one of those things which is completely incompatible with marriage is like i don't think have you seen that episode of black mirror where um it's about a dating app and basically you're matched with someone but there's an expiration date like oh it's the best episode yeah i love that episode Mm -hmm. and i actually truly believe that like having I truly believe that the idea of permanence really ruins love. Like if I tell someone you have to be with me until I die, that's immediately unromantic. Like we've taken all the romance out of this relationship. Like, no, I really think like for me, I have to put parameters of time around my relationship. So I'm like, we're going to be together for the next three months and then we'll split up and be single for five. And if we still want to be together, we'll come back again and then like rinse and repeat. And like, we'll be together for six months and then we'll take a break for another month or two. And then we come back together again. Like, I just think like this, the continuity, the permanence of romance really just takes the romance out of it. It's such a paradox. I can't believe people really <laughs> commit life and death to one one nigger. Wow. I mean, I, I I would like to give people the benefit of the doubt to say that nobody's really thought about it that deeply. No, not enough people have thought about it that deeply because I feel, um, look, if I'm not mistaken, a lot of people view relationships and romance as completely fanciful mm. and not, utilitarian or structured or whatever so in in to think about the way romance is going to work for you in a practical sense is not something i imagine a lot of people are doing right and i think a lot of love and being in love uh and experiencing and expressing love is really elusive and i think it was it it should have been elusive to give us freedom to decide how we want to express and feel love. But I think it's just become elusive in a way that like, what is love? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is just like, it got, it got a bit dumbed down and confused in the process. And so, and to be fair, like what we do on a weekly fortnightly basis, sit here and talk about things for things sake mm. is not something that I imagine a lot of people find enjoyment out of and oh, therefore not something <laughs> a lot of people do like speaking at length about stuff. That's probably inconsequential, probably not going to do it. That's so actually such a good when point. it comes time <laughs> to critique, like how love works. It's usually when the relationship is crumbling and it's like, 
at its demise. Yeah. <laughs> not like when you're in the middle of it. That's why people, I feel like that's why people find breakups so transformative because it's really the only time oh, in a lot reflect. of traditional relationships when they're reflecting and doing self-work and like trying to figure out what went wrong and how to make sure it doesn't happen again and how you can change as an individual, mm. how you can improve, how you can audit, you know, and then suddenly you're like a little bit better for the next person yeah. or for yourself. Yeah. That's so fascinating. What are people mm-hmm. talking about during the relationship, if not like Game of Thrones, <laughs> the you relationship know? itself? Wow, Breaking Bad, <laughs> drinking, um, work. I feel like people talk about work a lot. Mm. Stressful, don't want to do it, don't get paid enough. Living situation: Should I live here? Should I live there? Travel. People talk about travel all the time. I want to travel. Where should I go? Yeah. Could I live here? It's all a lot. Like I get it. Because I also think that um, part of what people um, might forget or not consider when discussing things is that um, the ability to to discuss things doesn't mean that you get, that the action is any easier. Ah, yeah. So, like, I noticed that a lot of, like, the discussion online around dating is, like, if he, if they, she, whoever – doesn't see you for the person you are dump them if you fight too much dump them if they haven't been to therapy dump them if they weren't raised with (laughs) siblings dump them if they're a child of divorce dump them um if they don't take you out on three dates in a week dump them um which i think is for show i think dump them culture is definitely showy and it's not really taking into consideration that there are so many seasons of relationships and romance. And I think that people aren't cognizant of like, whatever comes up must come down. Mm. And so if you're on a constant high in any, that's thing, really toxic. You probably aren't recognizing <laughs> the lows yeah. or you probably aren't recognizing how high the highs can get. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I just feel like a lot of the conversation online is like, yeah, if anyone does anything remotely human, dump them. Yes. And so when people get into relationships, they're kind of like, wait, I'm so confused. Oh, I don't want to dump them. Yes. But they're not They're not performing. <laughs> no, honestly, I hate the romanticization of romance. That's like essentially what it is. <laughs> like Romance is not romantic. It's just human. And that's so true. I've actually never considered that. But dump, dump him culture is so showy. And so unreal i think it like i think part of the reason it's showy is like the expectation that romance so for me i used to think that romance was this like exclusive club that i just couldn't wait to get inside and i was just waiting outside in this really long line and eventually i got inside and i was like oh like this is it it's actually so it. yeah like this is There's not no table service. literally like, <laughs> this is not the special fairy tale club i thought it was like romance is just not romantic it's just it's not a 10 star vip hollywood ass club it's just a regular restaurant like it's just human and i think the expectation that Twitter and Instagram force down everyone's throats that if your rom- if your romantic love is any less than blissful and perfect in a fairy tale, then it's wrong, which is really the opposite because 
really a healthy relationship is just undulations of rupture and repair and then rupture and repair continuously. And if there's no rupture, that's actually extremely toxic. Like, why are you not fighting with your partner? Like, why are you not growing? Why is it like constant perfection is just stagnancy. Like you're not moving forward. Like that's not normal or healthy. So like, yeah. yeah. And I feel like also, I mean, I don't know about you, but I learned about romance and relationships from TV and movies. Yeah, same. Because like, <laughs> obviously you watch that and that's like a perfect family structure. Then I look at my family and I'm like, okay, why do I have one parent and like two siblings and like three cousins who live with us? And like, mm. why am I going to a different country? Like it didn't match. So I just thought, okay, clearly whatever's on TV must be the norm and we must aspire for the norm. And yeah. I, I don't think, I feel like, obviously we don't realize when we're consuming a lot of media media that we're looking at very binary, simple relationship structures um, that almost play out like movies do. So there's like the meeting, there's the climax, there's the, the big, um, the big era and there's the, the demise and the movie ends. And that's how we're looking at relationships that when it goes up and comes down, then you end it. Mm. Cause that must be where it goes bad. But there are like so many different stages of relationships that people aren't considering, right. which I think is putting a bad taste in their mouth for their own relationship. Yes. So like conflict, for example, I was raised in like a conflict positive household. Oh, what does that mean? So like you couldn't just go be moody and have no one call you out on that shit. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> my mom would be like, what's your problem? Like, why it. do you have an attitude today? Like so much. So I have vivid recollections of being in a grocery store with my mom and the checkout chick being rude, like not maintaining eye contact. Mom said, Hey, how are you? She didn't respond. She was just like, you know, real rough with the groceries. And so after I pay, after my mom paid, she said to the woman, Hey, I notice you're not really feeling well and I can understand like nobody really wants to be at work, but you are at work and you are interacting with people all day and it's not really a good vibe. Mm. Obviously not how she said it, but that's what she meant. Yeah. <laughs> My mom's saying it's not a good vibe, but it's not a good vibe. And so if you're not okay, you need to know, you need to reach out or you need to take a break because you like, you look really angry and you look like you're on the verge of crying. Yeah. It's not my place to say anything, but it's also not, not my place to say anything. Wow. Have a blessed day. And I was like, mom, what are you doing? No, I, where is your mom's podcast? And she was like, who was going to tell her? <laughs> no, I love like she, it. And she was like, not even for my sake, but like she really doesn't realize how much anger she's holding on to being so moody. And the moment my mom said that, I forgot to mention, the girl like snapped out of a trance. Wow. She's like, oh my God, so sorry. I've just been having the hardest time. Um, I didn't even realize I'm so sorry. And mom's like, no worries, but like all good. And so. No, where is your mom's what I book? Mean. Like where is, <laughs> no, where is her book? Literally in the sense that I thought it was the most traumatizing thing to see. But now like every, like every time my mom had an issue with anything, she just want to talk it out. So oh, much I love, oh in my, my God, like my yes. family. Honestly, I feel like my family <laughs> really like added into my avoidant attached nature because everything was a chitty chat. Every little, like, you, you walk to, like, you, you know how, like, if you, like, stomp when you're walking, yeah. it, like, means that you're angry, right? 
So like I would stomp just because I was being lazy. I was wearing heavy boots and it's a problem. Yeah. You know, I would eat in my room and not the lounge room. It's a problem. We haven't had a family chat. It's a problem. Now I'm that bitch. No, same. You can ask my boyfriend. Everything's a problem. But I get it. Because I'm like conflict positive. We have to talk it out before it gets to be an issue. Oh, yes. So I feel like that bit is missed out in a lot of relationships. Also this idea of, I feel as though people are made to feel like you should be completely assured in all of your relationships, like platonic and uh, romantic. Mm. Like you should know all the time and you shouldn't experience doubt. That's, that's a lie so unrealistic i don't know and anything childish. i hate why that. would i know about this yeah like are, are we mind readers am i telepathic no it's so bizarre mm. and so and this obviously there's this and like for me i really really hate relationships that fall into place like i like knowing who i am in somebody's environment so for example people think that having best friends is really childish and juvenile i like to know who my best friends are yeah. so I can give them best friend energy. I also like to know who my acquaintances are so I can give them acquaintance energy. I don't do that shit where you just like fall into being somebody's girlfriend. No, 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 no. You will ask. We'll have a discussion. Thank you. And so, but also that, that period is just missing in movies, right? It's just like, we looked at each other and then we kissed and then four years later we had a baby. Yeah. Oh, I hate it. The idea of the fall, (laughs) like I, I agree. I really don't like the way Hollywood portrays love as something that you fall into as opposed to something that you actively choose to be in because we don't. And I think that is why a lot of people think that like, oh, someone must just know how I feel. They must just know why I'm mad. They must just know me. And that's romantic. Like the idea of falling in love takes away agency it takes away like the agency that we actually need to maintain a healthy relationship. Like there is no fall. There is just actively choosing someone. There is no like preordained compatibility that was destined by the gods. Like, no, you just met someone, you vibed with them and you created compatibility. And now here you are. And you have to keep working on it because niggas change. Like, Mm. yeah, the idea of the fall is really toxic. I feel like we should just completely obliterate even the phrase of like falling in love and replacing it with like walking in love. Like I walked into love. (laughs) I got here. (laughs) Yeah, like I opened the door, I walked in and then i was i was here in love like i i chose to be here which is actually a lot more romantic than falling like i would rather know that someone actively chose to be with me as opposed to like falling in my pussy like you just accidentally fell in here like no <laughs> it's all like um it sounds like semantics but it matters. It really does. I also like love what you were saying about conflict positivity. That's the new phrase now, coined by Flex. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I was I've been thinking lately that like I think I lived in a conflict positive home as far as how my mom relates to me. So like when she had an issue with me, she would tell me on site, and like that's now how mm. I am too. I also think a lot of men just aren't conditioned to be conflict positive because masculinity 
is just like eroding parts of yourself so that you can fit into this box of hypermasculinity. But something that I wish I had in my household growing up was like, I grew up believing that my parents' marriage was this like perfect union and was just, I just grew up thinking that I have like this perfect family. When in reality, I just had a very secretive family and like everyone is very secretive and private about their conflict and their problems and, and, and. And it's only now at my big adult age that I'm uncovering all of these secrets and like dismantling all of this generational trauma. And I just know that I'm never gonna have kids, but if there was something that I would do differently, it would be to be so like honest and open about like problem, like real life family problems. Because I, I just feel like this culture of like secrecy really harms us when we get into relationships in our adult lives, because you also just like carry, like you just like harbor secret. You're just like unable to be like open and vulnerable and honest. And it's, yeah, I think it's like a very, in the same way that Hollywood harms us by making us believe that romance is supposed to be a fairy tale, I think we're also harmed when we're children and we think that our families are a fairy tale as opposed to like conflict laden dynamics. Mm. And like, I feel like now I'm like so conflict of like whenever there's like a big conflict in my relationship, my immediate reflex is like, oh, this is catastrophic. This means that it's over when really it just means that it's like human, oh. like it's just like day to day. Con like I wish I saw more conflict when I was a child. I wish like I oh. wasn't shielded away from a lot of like the trauma and the conflict and 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 yeah, like what are your thoughts on there's a conversation happening in our <clears throat> Facebook group where someone is like, is it ethical to lie to your children? <laughs> They were talking specifically about lying. Ooh, hold about on, it. let's let's start that as a new episode. Ooh, yes, let's do it. Okay, so we can just keep recording. Yeah, but or do we stop the recording? Um, I don't know how actually, let's end. stop and then yeah, let me stop and then we'll we'll continue with the next one. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <laughs> 